Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. I want to just share with you just for a few moments this morning, just as we're here on Good Friday, remember that Jesus surrendered his life on a cross for us. Today, we're remembering that defining moment in time when Jesus paid the price for our sins. Amen. If you didn't know that, then you should read your Bible to read the good news of what Jesus did. But I want to pick up today, the title of this message, this short message is The Three Wishes. No, this is not the three wishes from a genie, but this is the three wishes of Jesus. You see, I believe what we've just read, what we have just read in this short bit of scripture is the final prayer that Jesus wants to pray before he's about to go and do what he's going to do. And I don't know if you've noticed this, but this is a prayer for his believers. Okay, this is a prayer that he has for you and for me and for all the people who follow him. If I can put it in another context today, this is Jesus' last will and testament. And I'm just picking three of the points he's put in there. I don't know if you've ever had a last will and testament. I know that when we had children, one of the things we did, we were flying somewhere and we said, we really need to think about a last will and testament, where things are going to go and what, who's going to look after the kids. And so we embarked upon this whole thing. And it's, it's not a nice thing, is it, to write and talk with someone about what you're going to, what you want to happen when you die. It's not a nice thing to do. But we did this and we went through the process and we filled all these documents in and sometimes I forgot what's in there. I need I need to check it really. I need to check who's getting the money. I'm not sure. We just rushed it. But we did this will and and I'd speak to many people. I said, have you got a will to set? And everyone always says this, yeah, I need to get one done. As though they know when they're going to die. See, Jesus knew that he was going to die. He knew, he says that he knew what was going to happen to him. He prayed this prayer, then he says that he went across, after he finished praying, he says Jesus left with his disciples across the, to cross the Kidron Valley, because he knew what was about to come. I I love Jesus in the fact that he was willing to pray a prayer before he went to do this for us, amen? That Jesus thought at the last moment that he'd pray for you guys, even though he was about to face death on a cross, the most brutal death. But yet he had the time to pray a prayer for you and for me. Jesus knew that he was about to die. So he then said, I'm going to do my last will and testament. This is for you to read. This is for you to see. And what we just read this morning is that. You know, just a few months ago, we'd done the will and and the last our last will and testament several years ago. And now it's done and does us and it was kept, I was told this, I don't know if, I don't know whether to believe this, I was told that it was kept in a special safe down in Bath somewhere, so don't go running trying to find my will, pretending you're me. But it was in some place in, in the place, I, I say Bath, but it's, I normally say Bath, Emma tells me off for pronunciation. But it was in this place and I get a phone call uh, just a few months ago and in this phone call someone said to me, um, by the way, you, you paid, you did this thing, you did your will, Things have changed and we need to shift your will and put it in a new safe. And it's got to be in this special safe and you're going to have to pay per year to keep it in the safe. I thought, they never told me that when I signed up to this. Scrap the will. So I paid this fee, a yearly fee, to keep it in a special safe, fireproof safe, they told me. 
bomb-proofs safe. I don't know what they know is going to happen. They know something I don't know. But they told me this and I thought, is this just a scam to get a few more pounds out of me? And so I paid the money because I thought I want to make sure the thing that I put in this safe or that I prepared all that time it took us to even think about doing it, I want it to be safe. Because I want the right people to see this, read it and get the right things for them. So I paid this money. But I want to tell you today that Jesus, I want you to see this, Jesus has not had his last will and testament in a fireproof safe for 2,000 years. But yet today you read it. It's gone through centuries of time, his last will and testament to you, and it is not in a safe. The power of the gospel has traveled through these years, 2,000 years to us right today to read what we read in the Bible. Let me remind you how precious the Bible is. That every single word on there has traveled through time and can sit in your hands in a leather bound book. And it was never paid for in a special safe that's fireproof and bombproof because his word stands forever. Amen. We might have to put our last will and testament in says in, in what we do, but Jesus didn't need it. He knew that what he did would stand forever. He even said, didn't he, to the lady who cleaned his feet and was around him, he says, this, who put the perfume on, he says, this story will be told in years to come for you even to read it. He knew that his power could take that word through. I want to tell you today that when you read this just one simple prayer, or you read anything in the Bible, Jesus has, has got traveled it through the centuries to you and he didn't use, have to use a safe. How privileged you are to see it and to read it. Matthew 24 verse 35 says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Amen. His words will never pass away. Number one, first thing I want to say today is this. What does he say in that prayer? To sh- he wants you to share his inheritance. I don't know about you, but I'm always interested in what you're going to inherit, aren't you, in the future? We want to know what we're going to get, if he's going to help us. If anyone's got an inheritance, you want to know and you want to have rightful claim to it. He says this in verse 24, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you love me before the creation of the world. In other words, Jesus, this shows the deity of Jesus, that Jesus, even though he was born in flesh, he already knew where he was going because he'd already been there before. I've had people challenge me on the streets and say, Jesus is not, he's just a prophet, he's just a special man, but he's not the son of God. Let me tell you this, he might have been born by flesh, but before he was born by flesh, he was in heaven with his father. Right from the beginning of time, he says in all things, he was everything's held together by Jesus. He was right there at the beginning of creation. And let me tell you, when he was there, saying that prayer for you guys, all he was thinking of is what he'd seen in heaven. He knew the glory. He knew what was there. And he was ready to tell his people. He says, I want them to have what I have and to see what I can see. He wasn't just talking about what they'd done on earth. He wasn't saying, Lord, I want them to see and remember some of the miracles I've done here on earth and the healings and some of the the great things we've been doing on the streets. No. He said, I want them to see my glory. I I want them to see what I've seen before. That there's a place for them. He wanted to give you all his estate. He signs it. 
in the prayer, he says, it's yours, I've prepared a place for you. He's signing his estate to you. Boy, if you think you've got a small house or you've got problems at the moment, I don't know what you're going to have when you get to heaven, but if you serve Jesus, if you follow him all the days of your life, when he died on that cross, he was buying a special house for you. A special place for you in his glory. I'm not bothered about what we've got here because what's to come is far more glorious. He was signing the document before he went across the Kidron Valley. He was signing the will to say that I'm going over here, but I'm going to buy you this. You don't realize I'm going to pay for your sin, but I'm also going to let you see what I've seen where my father is in heaven. Hallelujah. John 14 verse 1 to 2 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? He was going to prepare a place. You see the two men on the cross beside him, the two people who who were stood beside him on that cross. One of them responded to the inheritance. One of them said, I want this. I want this. He says, today you'll be with me in paradise. I'm not sure what the other one did. I'm not really sure whether the other one saw paradise or not. Who knows? We can never judge. But I'm saying this to you. At that moment, that defining moment in time, if anything, that person, that thief on the cross, knew as he looked at a brutal uh, killing on Jesus, all of his flesh hanging, he looked at him and he knew that he was the son of God, that he could be in paradise with him. And I want to tell you today, That you can take this estate. You can take what he's promised you. His inheritance for you. It's signed on the will. Hallelujah. The one person who did, he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said to him, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. That's, that's a person who's just been brutally tortured. Has the words to say to a thief. You're going to be with me in paradise. That's the sound of the son of God. That's the sound of someone who knows already what's to come. Despite the brutality. Hallelujah. He didn't promise us today paradise on earth. But he promised us that there is a hope. On this earth before we receive it. Amen. He didn't promise you today paradise here while you're here. He never said today you'll be with me in paradise on this earth. He knew that when he died he would see paradise. Don't ever try to get paradise in your Christian walk because you'll never find it. You'll only find it when you go to heaven and you're with the Father and you're with Jesus. Amen. Number two. Am I going quick enough today? Number two, I had to get used to this on Sunday. <laughs> Number two, Noah, he wanted to know you personally. You see, one of the things he wrote is this. He said, righteous father, though the world doesn't know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them. Jesus' desire was to introduce you to the father, the author of life himself. Jesus' objective was this. He said, I want them to know in this prayer, I want them to know that when I've gone, that they know you like I know you. They know you've sent me 
But I want them to know you. His, 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 his thing that he wrote on that will was this, that you're going to have access to the Father. When I'm gone, it's not everything's gone away. As soon as I'm gone, this is paying a price for access to the Father. I'm buying this for you as well. I'm preparing a place for you guys. I'm going to be busy when I go. Because I'm, I'm going to be preparing a place in glory, which I've seen already. And boy, if you saw it. But secondly, I know you're going to miss me. But I want you to know that you now have access to the Father just like I've had. Because I'm going to bite for you. I'm going to bite for you when I do what I'm going to do. That's another thing he did for you. Do you know him personally today? Do you know him? Do you know the Father? Because there is only one access to the Father and that's through Jesus Christ himself. There's only one way to know the Father in heaven. The God of all creation. That's through Jesus Christ his Son. And it's only through him dying on the cross it was paid for. He wrote that in that will. Jesus' wish was to introduce you to his Father so you could have communion with him. Philippians 3, verse 7 to 11, Paul expresses these benefits of knowing Christ, knowing God. He says, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may may attain the resurrection from the dead. He considered everything else rubbish. Paul considered everything else on the earth rubbish when he he, he looked at the value of knowing Jesus Christ. Do you see that? Do you see that right in that will and testament you could say, well, that sounds pretty good. This is amazing stuff. Because knowing Christ, knowing the Father, the relationship he purchased is far greater, says Paul, than anything on this earth you'll ever find. He bought that for you. He bought that for you. Paul realized that knowing Jesus gave him resurrection rights. That he too would also receive resurrection. I don't know about you today, but I'm challenging you on this Easter weekend. Think about this before we even reach Sunday. Even today, I'm challenging you to think about, do you know Jesus? Have you fully surrendered your life to him? Have you given everything over to him? So you can receive what's in his will for you. He's traveled through these centuries. Or you can leave it. And on the day you die, you can say, I didn't accept it. I didn't want what was what he, he'd sent to me through these centuries. But today it's on offer for every single one of us. Finally, number three, he leaves us a guarantee. There is a guarantee in this will as well. He says, I'm preparing a place for you. I'm also purchasing access to my father because he will look at me now. He won't look at your sin. If you trust me and believe in me, all you've got to do is, is he looks at me and my righteousness. My righteousness is yours. But thirdly, I'm going to give you a guarantee. 
What's the guarantee? Verse 26. I will continue. He says this. I will continue. This is a man who is about to die. This is a man who's not going to be around any longer with them. He says, I'll continue to make you known to them in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. In other words, when I'm gone and this, this brutal thing happens that's about to happen to me, I'm also want them to know that I'm going to be living in them because my spirit is going to come. He bought, the, he paid the price for the Holy Spirit to come. He's done that as well. So he said, while I'm preparing a place for you and you're in this interim and you're living in a world that's corrupt and full of sin and it's not a nice place and sometimes things go wrong, things are a bit bad and things are not too good, I want to remind you that I'm sending my spirit to keep you spurring you on all the way through until you see my return or you die yourself and you come to be with me. But I'm going to give you my spirit. It's the very thing that sustained and Jesus moved through the power of the spirit while he was on earth. And he says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you this guarantee. Ephesians 1, 14 says, God has set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. (laughs) Boy, we haven't seen anything yet, have we? He says, they're right there. He's, he's put his spirit in our hearts as deposit guaranteeing us what's to come. Do you know that the Greek word, I'm not too good with my Greek, but I'm trying to still learn the southern accent. But the Greek word for this deposit is arabon. It's the same word as like a, a ring, an engagement ring. Jesus said this. If there was a safe and he's left and he's got through 2,000 years, he says, do you know what? There is a guarantee. There's these things I've been doing and I'm going to be doing for him. By he's, wor- he's working hard in heaven for you now. He's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us, but he's also preparing a place. Jesus never stops. <clears throat> but he says, I'm going to send you effectively like an engagement ring, promise, guarantee, seal to say to you that I'm definitely coming back for my bride. I'm coming back. I'm returning to you. Do you understand this? It gives us a promise and a deposit that he's coming back. You are his bride. We are his bride. He's coming back one day. It's not the end. The cross is not the end. It's only the beginning. Hallelujah. Jesus' desire wasn't to leave you and me as orphans. To leave us abandoned. But he says, I'm going to give you effectively this deposit, this engagement ring to say, every time you get a bit worried and every time you wonder, every time you question, every time you doubt, just look, look, look that I've given you this promise, my spirit, which is a promise to say, I'm coming, I'm coming back for my bride. Never forget it. Jesus promised it in John 14. Verse 25, he said, all this I've spoken while still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Let me say that Jesus' departure was not the end. Jesus on the cross was not the end. In Revelation, right at the end of the book, 
What does it say? He says, yes, I am coming soon. I am coming soon. Let me tell you and remind you, we're in an urgent hour now and he is coming soon. He is coming soon for his bride. And are you ready? Have you took these last things he wrote in his last will and testament for you 2,000 years ago for you to take? It's free. It's all yours. If there was a safe, he's left it open for you to pull out and take. But it's up to you to take it. It's up to you to take it. I know that when I see him and he comes back for me or if I died, I know that in my hand I'm going to be waving it saying, I, I've got it. I've got it. I read it and I want it and it's mine. Jesus, you are mine and I am yours. Hallelujah. The cross wasn't the end. Good Friday's not the end. Because Sunday's coming, amen. Sunday's coming when he was resurrected from the dead. When he broke the power of darkness. And he broke the power of death. There's no other God that you will ever find that can do that. So I think it was J. John who recently said this. I thought it was a great illustration. He said, if you're looking at all the religions and you walk down and you follow down the road and you get down. And you see. Well, we've got commentary. You get, <laughs> you get to a junction, a fork road. And you see Jesus and you see one of the other prophets. You see the other people of other religions. And one's dead and one's alive. And it says this way or that way. Which one would you follow? I'd follow the one who's alive. The one who's alive forevermore. Hallelujah. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. Do you know my granddad many years ago? I've shared this before. A few years ago, he, he was passing away, and I went to see him in a home just a few days before he went. And I said to my granddad, I looked at him, and I said, Granddad, he was a, a great man of God. He loved Jesus, and um, he was a pianist, and he played for many years in church, uh, playing many hymns that we know, and just loved Jesus so much. And I said to him, I said, Granddad, in fact, one of, it was just before I was about to take this job, and I was so eager to tell my granddad that I was going to become the minister of a church. But out of respect for, for, for not saying and keeping my word, I didn't tell Grandad before he died because I met him four days prior to him dying. In this one sense, I wish I'd have told him, but I'm sure he knows Jesus will let him know. <laughs> but I said to him, Grandad, um, he's coming up to, he was coming up to Easter weekend. So it was a few days before Good Friday and I said, Grandad, we're in a little room in a home. I said, Grandad, tell me, what's the most important thing that you've ever learned? What's the most important thing that you've ever learned about Christ? He said, Phil, he says, never forget this. Jesus Christ is the resurrection and the life. He's the resurrection and the life. And as he said them words, I thought he could have said a lot of things. But he said he's the resurrection and the life. I'm glad today that I know him. It's not the end today. Celebrate this weekend that Jesus is alive. Amen. Billy Graham said this. He says, I've read the last page of the Bible. And it's all going to turn out all right. Amen. Thank you for listening. And we trust that the word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www dot kingscambridge dot o r g 
If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.